Hello again and welcome back to the Manchester United podcast. Sam Homewood here, David Mayer alongside me. Before we get started, another reminder that the best place to get our podcast is over on the official Manchester United app, where as well as listening, you can watch each episode in full for free, which is amazing. Um, so we are going to continue to bring some of our classic episodes from the archives while we take a little break over the summer. Uh, Maisie's with me to tee this one up. Sadly, Helen is actually on holiday. It's right for some, isn't it? Typical. Shows there when there's, when there's hard graphs that needed. Yeah, typical <laughs> of Helen. Yeah. yeah, this is the hard bit, just teeing up the older episodes. And obviously yeah. Helen was there for our interview. Uh, this is Dimitar Berbatov. It was our second ever episode. The second one we ever recorded... Uh, we went down to London for this one, didn't we? We were in the we were in a really fancy hotel in Knightsbridge. It was very nice, remember? I think it's where Berber, Berber stays, isn't it? Yeah, he was living there, I think. Yeah, very, very nice hotel. Very, I mean, probably you three was, uh, it was out of your league. I mean, it was certainly my league. Yeah, So Yeah, when you're talking about like £10 for a bottle of water, you know it's expensive and you know it's uh, a little bit upper class. So you, you guys just had tap water. Yeah, I did fill out a place sat next to you. <laughs> but it was a good podcast it was yeah. brilliant that's the first time I'd ever met Berber as well so I was um, a little bit apprehensive but once he came in and once he started um, effing and jeffing through the through the episode he became um, a really good yeah. friend of mine he, uh, he, he's someone who I didn't know what he would be like because obviously he's a pundit and he's you know we all know he's really cool and he's talks about himself in the third person sometimes but he really got into it in a, in a deeper level than maybe I expected do you remember his story about being kidnapped Yes. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely crazy. It was. Yeah. And I think I think I think Sam, when you I think when you get the older players, mm-hmm. some of the stories that come out, obviously, you know, queuing up even queuing up for bread. Yeah. And they used to take turns, four or five hours. He'd do two hours, then his brother would come, then his mum would come and his dad would come and it's like, wow. Yeah, it was astonishing, wasn't it? Just don't realise how lucky we are. Well, if you haven't heard this yet, you can absolutely love it. This is our chat with Dimitar Berbatov. This afternoon, you join us in the middle of England's capital city. We're in Knightsbridge, where, to be honest, class and elegance are the style of the day. Maisie and Helen have come south. Guys, how are you doing? Good, thank you. What's how are you? It means you came from Manchester. Yeah, I understand that. What are you yeah. trying to say? I'm just saying you came... You're trying to say like the north is a little bit different from the <laughs> south. No, I'm just saying, how was your journey? Oh, well, yeah, it was good. The, it was on class, a train. The class and elegance bit was a reference to the fact that we're in a nice setting, we're in a nice hotel, yeah. and we've got perhaps the classiest, we do, we most do. elegant guest we've ever had. <laughs> Perhaps the classiest player Manchester United have ever had. Okay. Sat across me in a t-shirt that says greatest of all touches is two-time Premier League winner, two-time League Cup winner, FIFA Club World Cup winner, his nation's all-time leading goal scorer. Okay, okay. And frankly, a really cool guy. It's Dimitar Berbatov. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you for having welcome, me. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, we'll go straight in. Dimitar, how are you? Well, I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. I'm in London. I love London. I come as much as I can. This is like my second home, actually. And I told you before we start, I here for 12, 11 years I've been coming here. So for me, it's nothing new and enjoy every time I've been here. And now we'll have a good conversation going on. So we'll see how that goes. Does that mean Manchester is your third home? No, it means it's still the second. So two times it's like <laughs> first is home, then be London, careful Manchester. Yeah, be careful what you so say. Remember the audience. <laughs> well, no, no, I have uh, great memories of, uh, you know, cities I used to play my teams but you know how it is London is one of the best cities in the world especially for me people know me respect me so it's a joy for me coming here okay so your original home Bulgaria it's obviously where you grew up what was that like what was your childhood like like back in the day mm-hmm. well probably different than what it was here 
because I caught last days of communism, you know, so it wasn't pleasant, you know, and there are times when you're a kid, you don't actually realize what is going on because your parents presented to you as a game, you know, and I said many times before, and this is probably the thing that stuck most in my mind, how we go for bread and we wait in line for bread, like six in the morning, because if you skip the line, then you don't eat bread actually so we go my father my mother me and my brother we how do you say we go one at a time to keep the line and then when you have that bread it's you know you can eat and it was these kind of things that make you together as a family but when you're a kid you don't realize it you just try to enjoy make it as a game but after a while then you start realized what the f you know it was difficult it was yeah. difficult so football was a real release for you at a young age then? Well, for all of us back home, not only me. So many kids, different times though, different times. What, what can you do? Watch TV a little bit, but back home we have two channels, not much on the channel. So we go out and we play football, me, my brother, our friends. And that was it, you know, nothing else. Yeah, school, of course, but after that you go out there and try to play or just find something to fill your day with doing things that you love. When did you realize you were good at football? Oh, when the kids in our neighborhood start, you know, wanted me to be in their team, you know, then you think in a way childishly like, well, maybe I'm good, you know, maybe I have something in me. And of course, my father was a football player, so that helps probably, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And you start build your confidence like in a uh, street, street credit, you know. Well, that's very important for me back then because you walk in the streets, the neighborhood with your kids, with your friends, and when you know you're a good player, well, you, you feel good, you feel special in a way. That was good. And I read before that you always liked to be Alan Shearer when you were playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah because Alan Shearer was unbelievable. And you know, back in the day there was uh, chewing gums. I don't know if you have it here, but back home we have chewing gums. And the chewing gum was wrapped yeah. in a photo in a way. And that photo represents different players. So you buy gums and you unwrap it to to want so to, you yeah, yeah. to see who it is. Yeah. It was Van Basten, Alan Shearer, Chris Waddle, Paul Gascoigne, you know, all these <laughs> players. And for me it was cheer, Van Basten. And I wanted to have it so much. So I, I didn't have it and I was going around people. Asking, swapping. Yeah, swapping. Please, please, please. <laughs> Fighting as well, you know, give me that. Thing, you know, <laughs> because this is how you kid, you admire someone. And this was sheer for me, it was every time he raised his hands. Was... Did you ever get Maisie? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you know, it was, I don't know, oh, seriously, do you have that here? That yeah, gum yeah I had a weird memory, as you were saying, that, like a weird flashback of unwrapping something and there being little, there were stickers. Yeah, some, I, something, something I still have it. I still have that collection in my home. I no still way. have it, my mother kept it. And I have it and when they showed it to me, it was like, what? How is that even possible? And it's like this thick and probably 100 cards with all different players. Still, she are not there. Oh, you never got him? Can you imagine that? If anybody is listening, maybe someone will have one and you can is there actually get one. Is there actually an Alan Shearer one? Yes. Or did they do it just for sure? To, for sure, yeah, for sure. Clever. You know? Yeah. No, no, there, there was. I'm sure there was. But, you know, back in the day after that, I met Alan Shearer. So it was yeah. like <laughs> worth yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. So you got the life-size one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you got older and you joined your first club. Tell us about that. What was that like when you thought, did you think I've made it? My first club is my, my home, my, uh, where I was born. 
you know, uh, and I didn't actually join the first team. I was in the junior team under 18 or something like that. And we are going to different places to play football. And I play always with, with my, not with my group, but the group that is older than me. Because my father said yeah. it's going to be beneficial for you. Oh, they slap you, they kick you, they push you on the ground, but it's going to be good for you. You know yeah, how yeah, it is. Yeah. You moan, you cry, well, well I want to go to my group. No, no, no. You stay there. You see after a while that it's going to be beneficial for you because you man stronger. up. Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah. stronger more easily. So that was really helpful for me, even if I don't realize it. And it helps me to, you know, to get to that life lessons that you get a bit sooner than other, other players that they play with their age. And after that, you know, everybody have problems. You have that things that you have difficulty fitting in your team or someone didn't appreciate what you have. That was especially the case with me. And I needed to change my environment so I can succeed in a way because I wanted to be a football player. And then I moved to the big city, to Sofia. Did to you think when, when growing up, because of your dad being a footballer as well, did you think ever at any moment that, you was being spoiled by the coaches because of your dad. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Jealousy. Have, yeah, you have that, but you can use it to prove them wrong. In yeah, a way. and that's why I was really important for me to have this recognition of my own. Yeah. Like say, yeah, Berbo is a good player. It's not because his father was a football player. Mm -hmm. And you know, after a while, I overpass my father, football-wise. You know, which is. A great thing, and every parent probably wants to see that—that that his kid succeed uh, yeah. over, you know, and go, and go to do great things. But he was—he was exactly like that, like mm -hmm. that. And me, I also when I see a kid and his parents, or a football player, or something like that, I would—I'll have the same reaction. Yeah, you know, it was purely human reaction, probably. I don't know. But then after that, you see this boy have a quality. You're like, okay. Was he tough? You dad on you? <sighs> well, the generation. Yeah, yeah. That generation, yeah, it was, was tough. tough. It yeah. was tough, uh, and completely different. I'm a father now, so I'm completely different. Yeah, of course, I have two daughters, and he has two boys, and I'm I'm terrible with boys now as well. You know, I destroy <laughs> boys now, especially <laughs> when they're around my daughters. <laughs> but my father was silent type. You know, if you want, you want to say Berba, I love you. But he's never gonna say that. No, <laughs> never, never. He just maybe give you a pat one time. Yeah, and but you, you know. can you can see yeah. it. You can sense that after a while, when you grow up, you can sense that because in the beginning you're like, why, if, why, just say I, I did good, you know, just say I've, I've done Something. okay. But when you grow up after that, you f you realize, well, I know. Don't tell me, I know. Yeah. yeah. Was that a big motivation? In a way, how? In in that because if if the approval was unspoken. Were you ever thinking, maybe if I can reach these levels, maybe if I can get here, maybe he'll tell me? No, approval was important, especially for boys, I assume, to have the approval of the father. It's really important. And it was important for me, but after a while, I realized that he had difficulty expressing the feelings purely because this is how he was raised. And this is our you know, Balkan thing. This is how he's raised tough. You know, don't show emotion. If you show emotion, you're weak. Never show that, you know, completely different than, than how we are now. Uh, but I used to it. And to be honest, I like people like that, that can say something to you without saying it. You can see it. I, I have coaches like this in, in Germany. I have a coach like that, Augen Thaler, world champion yeah. in Germany. Yeah. Unbelievable player. And I see, I look at him, I see my father. No words, nothing. Berba, no. well done. Pff, never. 
<laughs> but I can sense that, you know, I score one of my most beautiful goals ever in my career against Roma in the Champions League with Bayer Leverkusen. And then you expect something in the dressing room. Well done, that's a great goal. Oh, nothing. And then we're walking in the airport and waiting for the airplane or something. And then we're hanging around on a long delay. And I'm going down the escalator, going to something, and he's coming back the other way. And I'm just looking at him, and he looks at me, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> What else do you need? The royal, the royal nod. <laughs> What else do you need? You know, when you know, when you can understand that. Yeah. You find that though in changing rooms, don't you? Some players need that arm around the shoulder. Oh, you did brilliant today. Whereas other players, you know, don't need that at all. Exactly. And you know, you know better than me. I, I, I assume that Sir Alex Ferguson was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm mistaken, but no, no. I was trying to observe. And you're exactly right. Some players need, uh, you know, how do you say, more gentle approach. Yeah. Other players just don't care about that. You know, yeah. slap in the back, they make you feel angry or something. I, I, for me, I didn't want to have a close relationship with my coaches, even if they wanted to, because I felt that like uh, it's inappropriate in a way. Mm -hmm to feel close to your coach because then you start thinking different things like things that you shouldn't think and now we are friends why I'm not playing or the other players yeah. may think this, something like that yeah. and I, I was always try to avoid that and keep a distance in a way but I agree with you especially now in these days you need to know how to speak with players what about you Maisie were you what kind of player were you were you one that needed the arm I, no no or? I just need the <laughs> yeah but that's need. it yeah yeah I never very rarely I got an arm put around me because in the team that we were in, you had the players who'd give you the f***ings. And you, yeah. it'd be, every day there'd be arguments just to keep you on your toes all the time. Yeah. And the, and the gaffer would just continue that. The gaffer at times, if you're playing well, he'd still have a goal go at you for a mistake. And you're like, playing well. But that's just the way he was. But you didn't take personally anything. No, God no. Right? No. Because I have there's only one thing that one thing that matters and that's winning. Yeah. And if that's 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 the goal in, in, in football is to win. No yeah. matter how you get there, it's about winning. Yeah. Because I have players in my path as a football player that sometimes they take it personally, you know. Yeah, and go under. And you know, I have players yelling at me in the training session, fighting and arguing, what the f you start running and stuff like this. And I I give that back as well. But because I know that you drive yourself and you yeah. want to win it, yeah. you don't take it personally and yeah. start no. mourning about it. No, no. You know, because I never understand that, honestly. No. So I was wondering, is it because you play with great players as well? I find, I find it so easy playing with them because they are great players, but everyone had that drive to be successful. And those that didn't have the same drive fell by the wayside. I think football maybe would you say has changed a lot now though because yeah a lot more people need an arm around the shoulder than but maybe it, back in your day it might have been different but now players need a lot more tlc would you say some do but football's changed social yeah. media is there and yeah it changed you know, a lot it's changed so much yeah yeah but at the same time first of all what is tlc tender, tender loving, loving care. care oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but I agree with you as well, but when you think about it now with social media and everything, we're all connected in a way and you can easily find someone saying 
bad things about you. Yeah. And we're all human beings. You're affected about it. Yeah. Even if you try to pretend, well, I don't care about, I'm above these things. Some, someone, a friend, a friend, you're going to say something. Hey, did you read about you, yourself? Yeah. And then maybe after that, you need someone to say, well, don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, you're, you're better than this. You know, don't yeah. pay attention. Maybe in that way, it's okay. Yeah. That's what, that's what Fergie used to say to me. I'd go in and something in the newspapers or whatever it was, and he would say, don't read the newspapers. It's like social media. You can find bad news about you yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So don't look for it. Don't yeah. read it. Don't read them. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, changing the subject slightly, I read online that when you were 18, in an effort to get you to sign for a specific club, you were kidnapped. Did that actually happen? Yeah. First of all, when I'm telling stories here, yeah. people can read about it when my book is ready. Okay. okay. A bit of promotion here. Of my yeah. Book. yeah, yeah, yeah. Working What's actually happening to me, but when's, when, when is your book out? <laughs> Working on it, it gets frustrating from time to time because it's so difficult to, as I told you guys before, to translate it from my language. To English, yeah. we keep the the the, the sarcasm, humor. Yeah. the humor, the irony, everything that our language have, because some words you just don't have in English. But it's gonna come soon. To so give you, us some exclusives. To answer your question, <laughs> because that story is in the book, actually. Beautiful. You know, uh, it, it was kidnapping, kidnapping. Not it's not it's a big word, but back in the day, this is how people back home used to do business. <laughs> this is how it is. The thing is that when you're a young boy and you're naive, you trust the wrong people. So I have a player who used to play with my father. He used to play with my father. I know him. So I'm safe, right? He said, come with me. I need to introduce you to players, to, to people. So I jump in the car. We drive. He dropped me at the restaurant and he said, I'll wait for you. I'll drive you back. I go inside and I see, you know, this Big kind man. of a man sitting on the table. Behind him, another four the same size. Oh. Take a seat. And then he started talking about how he represented uh, someone else who is in charge of a different club and they want me and they give me more money and stuff like this. And I, all, all I'm thinking is like that, that, you know, just I want to speak with my dad, you know. And he gave me a phone to call my dad actually. And, I, and we don't have back then these kind of yeah. phones. Yeah. So if someone is at home, you, you hope that they can pick yeah, the phone, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like, Please, please, please. And actually my mom picked up and I started, I'm here, they, they, they took me here, I don't know where I am, you know, it's like, and she's like, calm down, I'll give you your father. And then I explain everything. And because we're a small country, most, not that we know each other, but you can easily make connection with some, with some people if you know how. Uh, and they, you know, reacted quickly, come from my town to Sofia, spoke with the presidents of both clubs and they figured it out. And they let me go in the end. So, <laughs> but it was a bit frightening. No yeah. guns. Yeah, sure. Sure. No I guns. <laughs> I didn't know what is going happening. And interesting story. Yeah. yeah. But after that, people start to. What if you said no? Well, I did say no. Actually, I said, "Well, I feel good in my club. I don't want to come." But we give you more money. You're gonna play more and stuff like this. And you're naive, bro. You're purely driven by your desire to play for your club that you love. And yeah, you, yeah. you're gonna say no. And you're 18 at this time. Yeah, 18. Wow. And, and then years later, didn't Sir Alex kidnap you? Because I've heard he bundled you in the back of a car boot to get you, you know, to Manchester United. Backseat. The backseats were down. <laughs> but then the, the same situation because you don't know what to say. You know, you Yeah, but manager. you don't want to say no to that one. <laughs> no, you know, so, but what do you say? You drive in the back and I'm like, kid. <laughs> like sitting and what do I say? I'm looking at the man, my, my agent. Who, yeah. 
what do we say? <laughs> what, so what, what happened? To... How did that happen? How did he came to meet me? Yeah, yeah. How did it come to you being hiding in the back of that car? No, he just, he came to meet me when we signed. And I was sitting there and he's driving the car. So what do you say to break the ice? What, to, did you break the ice or no, did he? No, <laughs> I was like, again, 18 and sitting like there in the car. And How long was the car something, journey? Saying something, <laughs> you know, because you look, you want to look cool. No, don't look stupid. Yeah. And then, I don't know, you crack a joke or something, stuff like that. And you, and you want the journey to end as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. So you get out. <laughs> you know? Normal stuff, probably. How was it signing for Manchester United? What was that day like? Because there were reports that you weren't doing anything at Old Trafford. You were nothing to have Manchester United, that Manchester City had made a bid. Yeah. And then on Sky Sports News, there were live pictures of you walking around sort of behind the glass where the Samat yeah. Busby statue is. Well, I always I always say, especially to young to young players back home, because they need encouraging and they need a help in a way. That for me, this was my, uh, how do you say in English? This was my peak, my top of the mountain. Yeah. My personal success was was this one to sign with Manchester United. Yeah. Other players have different success, a lot bigger than me. But for me, this was my personal top. You know, and when I sign it, and I go to my room after everything was finished, and I was so exhausted, but I was so happy. You know, because I worked so hard for all this, and I'm coming from Bulgaria, like yeah. small country, and to uh, to go to Manchester United, the biggest club in the world for me, it was like well, Berbs, we made it. You know, this was unbelievable for me, honestly. Quite a change from the boy that used to queue up for bread. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. And, but this can can help you a lot. Appreciate yeah, what, when what you don't you have. have something and then when you have, you know. And I always try to, uh, my daughter is still very young, but try to make them difficult for them sometimes to appreciate what they have and how it is with when you don't have. There will be women, if women sometimes it's more difficult. Men, so they need to be stronger as well. Yeah. So when you arrived at Manchester United, how long did it take you to settle? Because sometimes it takes people, you know, a long time to settle. I know you weren't moving from a different country; you were moving just yeah. to city. But did it take you a long time, or were you happy well, straight away? In a way, both is is right because uh, you go in the dressing room full with winners. And again, probably if I go back, this is one of the things maybe I would like to change slightly because I was, and I'm probably in a way still really private. You know, sometimes difficult to make a connection, a strike mm -hmm. a conversation. So you know, you have you have some players go in the dressing room. They've been there like 100 years. They you the yeah. new players. They're coming high fiving. You know, players. But I was completely opposite. You know, just shy and again, what do I say? How do I fit in? What if I feel stupid or some like that? You know, when you're saying, and it helps when you have someone from your region like Vida was a Serbian yeah. and I yeah. speak Serbian, I have no problems. So this can help you a lot because you feel connected already with someone. Yeah. Uh, but of course you need to fit in in a way and I, I feel strange speaking because you know better than me how it is when you go in a dressing room full of winners. And especially after my first medal, I'm at home, you know, going <laughs> like this and then Stopping a minute, like, well, gigs have probably 102 medals, <laughs> yeah. and I have one, and then you that's see exactly him. how I felt. That's exactly because I come from Blackburn, and Blackburn missed out winning the league. Then Blackburn won the league when I joined United, and I'm thinking, I've, I've missed out, I've missed out. But then the first time you win the you know, a trophy, yeah. you won the Premier League, then we would we'll be uh, Liverpool in the FA Cup final. You're like absolutely buzzing like mad. 
and exactly what you say. They're like multi-winners of it and yeah. they're just taking yeah. it all in their right. And you know, like, yeah, we've won it. You're partying for yeah. one week and the next yeah. day they're like, yeah, we got yeah. the medal last night. And then Fergie <laughs> turns around and says, right, that season's finished. We'll go on the next one. The next one yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, hold on a minute. <laughs> just, just won the double there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Yorkie, Yorkie, when, when we won the treble, he went in to see the gaffer to have a year off. He just won the treble. <laughs> he wanted a year off. What a year off so he could go around celebrating. That's your thing. <laughs> go around where? I don't know, around the world, whatever, just time out. <laughs> Wait, hang on. When he, he actually went into his office and said, Can he went, I take he a went year? to see the gaffer. He wanted a season of no football. Any chance of having time off? Just to celebrate. Just to celebrate. <laughs> a gap year? A gap year, like a gap year. She you mean, that went down like, well. Yeah, get out of my office. Mad. That is so funny. Yeah. yeah Mental. Treble is a big thing. So but, it's, but it's exactly what you say, though. Yeah. You know, your career is mapped out to win things. You want to win things. And the first time you went, I was doing yeah, cartwheels. Yeah, I was dancing around. Yeah. Was Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. In those situations, compared to previous moments of your career where you'd been close to medals and won medals, because obviously you've been with Bayern Leverkusen for 18 yeah. months and you're in a Champions League final, and then you join Manchester United and you say you see that culture of winning. What do you think built that culture and how did you feel as part of it? Because you were a record signing coming into a team that just won a Champions League. Yeah, and you know, this is... As I said before, I wanted to be more open about uh, when you go on your team, just straight away to fit in. But I, I was a bit opposite and I was more shy about it. But still, when you go into a dressing room full of winners, you, you probably the chances are bigger to become a winner if you observe, ask questions when needed, you know, but try to learn something in the process, you know. And obviously, sometimes you have so much respect for someone, you not afraid but you feel uncomfortable going asking something you know mm -hmm. but it, it cannot stop you to sit and observe how he's doing things mm -hmm. if you cannot ask him for advice you know after a while when you settle in the team then you can go afford and ask well, why you do that why didn't you do this and then in the process by seeing how these players work and win games you want to be part of this because you are in that environment so you need to adapt and fit into that environment of mentality and winning if you don't, it's going to throw you out, probably, you know. It's not going to, that, that uh, environment is going to fit to your standards. It's the other way around. You need to fit into that dressing room full of winners. And, of course, you need to have big ego. So all the players yeah. have big ego. So you need to, if, if, if needs be, to defend yourself. You know, if someone tries to provoke you to see what you're made of, you need to stand up to that and say, well, wait a minute, okay, you're a big winner and everything, but, you know, we had the same team and stuff like this. Did that happen? Well, of course, happened probably more than in your <laughs> period of time <laughs> when you when you drive purely of players that want to win and everything. You know, in Rio was screaming at me all the time. Well, better about this and that, you know. But of course, then you start listening and say, "Rio, off!" But you do that, you know, purely because you're in the same team and you want to win. <laughs> you want to win, and it's very important. Don't take it personally, as we said before. Yeah. Otherwise, why are you there? You want to learn from the best. It must have been, um, obviously you'd been at big clubs before United, but making your debut against Liverpool, what did that feel like for you? you? Know, I was myself. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. And, and, did, you, and did you understand the rivalry before? And, uh... No, to be honest, no. Another game for me. Uh, and I always try to approach the games, even with Spurs and Arsenal, like mm -hmm. another game. Not overthinking so much. Yeah. Yes, big teams, big players, but still... You, you win it, you lose it, you, you try to do your best. 
But in that Liverpool game, Sir Alex is coming, I'm tying my shoes and he's like, Berbs, let me introduce you to... Sir Bobby? To Sir Bobby, yeah. And I'm like, what the f***, boss? I'm trying to concentrate here in the game. I don't need any more pressure. <laughs> Come on, is that the right moment to do that? Thinking, not saying it. You know, it's yeah. like, nice to meet you, you know, big corner and stuff, but, you know, and that's it. But thinking in the game, how to, yeah, yeah. to do something in the game. This was a funny story, but then you s switch and try to think about the game. And in the end, it didn't finish our way. We lost 2-1, I think, if I remember correctly. But I was nervous before that because my dream was coming true now and standards are high and you need to keep up to that. And, you know, I was, I was really nervous. Years later, though, you'd be the first man in, what, 68 maybe years to score a hat-trick against Liverpool? Yeah, that was a nice feeling. That was a nice feeling. St didn't know about that before the game, obviously. Yeah. We didn't know. And still, you know, I score hat tricks before that, obviously. But because it's Liverpool, if it was like someone other team, it's not going to be a big deal. But because it's Liverpool, obviously, uh, how do you say, the weight is on the goals uh, is more important. And people remember that overhead kick most of the time. But for me, the, the next goal with a hat is the one that won the game because it was the three points. And then... I feel good, to be honest. I felt good. Didn't show it. Didn't show it. But inside, I was like, well, yeah. How yeah. did you celebrate evenings like that? Well, I'll just tell you at home with your story. family? Another funny story. In the book, which is coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Still waiting for the release date on this, or roughly when it's going to be. <laughs> Christmas time, is it? Well, around that. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Driving with my car home after the game, half an hour when I go home. This after Liverpool game? Yeah, after yeah. Liverpool, rem reminiscing about the game. You know how it is after yeah. the game, thinking, what did I do wrong? What did I can do better next time? Smiling when you remember the goals you score. You feel good, you feel good. Listen to the music. Maybe you want to do another round, <laughs> yeah. round with the car. Just feel good. And then I go home, you know, my, my wife was there and I think I, I already had my first kid and like starting to say, well, the king of the world is coming home. You know? <laughs> Good, my king, but now go out there and throw the trash away. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So Straight back to earth. Yeah, so you take the trash. <laughs> I was still smiling, though. You take the trash, throw it away. I, I guess these kind of things can keep you grounded yeah. in a way. Yeah. You know, even you can afford to smile what you've done, but you have someone next to you who can, she appreciate what I've done as well, but maybe she knows how to treat and say, okay, Next game maybe is coming, so now go take yeah, the trash. Yeah, her priority is the rubbish. It's not you yeah, when it's scoring goals. Out. I <laughs> always try to think and keep me grounded because actually my father, every time used to tell me story of players much more talented than me who were growing up, but because of bad choices or we, we Balkans like, like life too much. Money and girls and stuff like this, they gone the wrong way and after a while disappear. You know, so how would how would you describe your your type of style of play? Uh, I don't know. Just I I I had my own style. I I didn't change. I think it, it was always compared to Eric. Yeah, I would yeah. say relaxed. But, yeah. Yeah. Relaxed, but it takes a lot of effort <laughs> to be relaxed. To be relaxed, yeah. honestly, uh, to can stop yeah, the ball. Yeah, much harder to look relaxed. Yeah, and it everything starts when you're young. To be honest, even if you don't realize it, back home I have a ball when we used to kick around. But I don't know why I go, even if the kids don't want to play with me, I take the ball because you're still small. I throw it, it doesn't matter how high, and then try to control it with my foot. I don't know why. Honestly, I didn't know why. 
I just I just do it. And when it's cold, you do that all the time. Your eyes start to um, cry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know how yeah, yeah. you you go like this, but you continue to do that, and you get from early age that I'm telling you that because people ask me how do I have my touch on the ball, and that's how you start from early age, and then it becomes a habit, then you develop it, then it, you unlock it, and it's, it becomes natural. It's natural, yeah. Yeah. It, it, but you need to work on it as well. Yeah, and people loved it in 2011. I think the International Federation of Football History and Statistics said you were the most popular player in European football. What? Yeah, that's true. I don't believe that. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But also, I mean, even when you were at United, some people would be critical because what they saw as your reading of the game, yeah. because you weren't running around headlessly, they mm. saw it as laziness. Did that annoy you? Uh, at the point, sometimes yes, because some people just don't understand. Uh, some people don't understand the game. They're just purely speaking so they can feel good about themselves and stuff like this. But in my eyes, and this is I'm proud of. I never changed my way of seeing football and playing football. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. Some players, some players. Some people are not going to like how I play. The same way I don't like some other players play. You know, everybody's different. And of course, you cannot win games with 11 Ber Berbatov in the team. Yeah. Uh, no chance. You need defenders, midfield players, everybody in a different quality. But my style of football was to entertain, but bringing with that entertainment points and goals and assists that it's worth watching. And when your kid go home or someone 18 or something say, oh, did you see what Berba done the other day? You see that overhead kick or that pass to Ronaldo to score the goal? Yeah. You see that? No, this is what worth playing football. That must is. be your favorite assist, that it one. Is. It is, <laughs> yeah. honestly, because it was something special. I don't know how it happened. People ask me all the time, but it's, again, a habit. A habit that the body remember how you play football and sometimes when you're in a situation when you need to do something extraordinary if you see in a play football that way it's going to help you because it is inside you that movement and i tried it at training ground i tried it at home you know improvise to see if it's going to work i didn't think that i'm going to do it ever but here we go that moment it will just I don't know. what do you think's better that assist or any of the goals that you scored if only one was going to be remembered which would you go for? Well, I like assists, honestly, more than goals, probably. You I don't like? know. Why. Yeah, honestly. I like because it's... Uh, I've done the hard work. Mm -hmm. I just gave you the ball and now you score. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why when I score goals, it, probably 99% of the time, I go to the guy, first to the guy who gave me the ball. Yeah. Just yeah. of appreciation to say, thank you. Because you gave me the ball. It's normal. You play, we play in the same team. That Maisie touched on this a second ago and we sort of breezed past it a bit too fast because we were talking about everything. You were, have been likened to and constantly were likened to Eric Cantona when you joined Manchester United because of your style, because of your presence. How did that make you feel? Did that feel like a lot to live up to? Not good because Eric Cantona, me, you know, what the f***? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's different. How can you compare me to icon, a legend and stuff like this? I have my own style. And you don't put pressure, so much pressure on, on players, on people. Uh, even nowadays, I see how many, how much pressure they put on, on players with the record fees and why you don't score, why you don't play the way we expect you to play. And for me, definitely difficult, of course. But I try not to think about it because I'm com I think I'm completely different than that. And I, want, I have my own style, my own way of seeing football. Of course, everybody go down and go up in their career, but it's normal process of life. But don't like this comparison at all. I never, I never did. I think, I think the only comparison would be along, obviously, tough, two wonderful footballers. But the way you are, the way you caress the football, or the way you play the football, 
Not that you charge around like a headless mm -hmm. chicken running all over the place, but the fact that you have that unbelievable first touch. Eric had that. He had that vision, that pass. And Eric never ran around like Berber because you, you let the ball do the work. Mm -hmm. And that's what Eric did. Yeah. And that's why sometimes when you ask me about if people think that I was lazy, here we go. Eric, yeah. did Eric yeah, run, yeah. run around? No. <laughs> but sometimes when they give you a label, you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not fair. No. You know, I can give you probably another 10 players that play the same I do now. They're doing the same exactly thing I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not running around. Purely because they read the game two, three steps ahead. They yeah. don't need to run. You yeah. anticipate. You're clever. that, And you can afford not to do it. Of course, after that, you appreciate the players behind you who fight for the ball and take it to give it to you. And then you need to be at your best. You certainly weren't lazy against Blackburn that day, scoring five. Well, I was a bit, so imagine if I wasn't, how many I was scoring. <laughs> everything, no, everything was happening for me that day, I don't know why. You have, you have days like this. And I think I didn't, before that, I didn't score in six or seven games. And you know how it is, after, after when you didn't score and you're a striker and people say, why are you not scoring? Well, you pay so much money. You need to do alien here, you know, scoring every game, five, five goals. And I was a bit... The, not depressed, but a bit down, like, well, Berbs, it's not working now, you need, what is going on? Ask yourself all these kind of questions. And I remember the gaffer comes before the game and say, you're starting tomorrow, don't worry about it. Well, you make you feel good. Yeah. Like this, but it makes you feel good. Well, the boss is believing in me. <laughs> Hell, I'll show you now, you know? And five goals. It just happened, I, I, I had the feeling that I can score from everywhere in, yeah. that, in that game. Just the ball comes to me every time. If you can see the last two goals. But that's, the, that's just two or three steps in front. Yeah, but yeah. I was just like watching the goals after that. and like, well, the ball just came to me. Obviously, it was meant to score. I don't know. I don't know. It was unbelievable again. How did you feel about the competition at the time for your position? Obviously, lots of oh, players. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. It, was, it was fierce because in training sessions, we're going crazy, you know. Yeah. I remember Carlos Stevens one day, you're playing games, you're, you're tussling and, and, and bullying each other around the training ground. And, you know, everybody's going crazy, you know, like wanting to show to the guy, well, I'm here, I can play, I'm fit, you know, and tackling and, and, and stuff like this. And then at the moment, if you, if you have a moment to stop, you realize, well, this is serious, everybody want to play. So you better step up in a way that you can, you know, and everybody is different. But the competition is there when you see Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney, you know, all these players wow. in the attack and in the midfield with Skosi and Gixi and everybody. And you're like getting motivated, a bit afraid at the same time. I don't know why afraid, but you feel respect, that respect can get a bit sometimes like that. And then I said it many times in the tunnel, we, we line up and you play, let's say, a smaller team no disrespect, but, and you look at them, you know, like, they're looking at you, and you see how he's looking at Ronaldo or Rooney. Fair. Fair, and you know, yeah. well, one nil for us. You've so won before you've gone on the pitch. Already we're yeah. one nil. Even yeah. if we play yeah, you know you're going to win the game. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was that, it was that yeah. easy. Of those players, who did you most like to play with? Uh, they're all great guys. I have, honestly, I have no problem with anyone. Uh, and purely because everybody know that we are there to win games. Training sessions, you go home, you have your family, you have your friends. It's not necessary to go dinner together or hold your hands. You're there to win for Manchester United. It's simple as that. 
and everybody was great with me. I have no problem, honestly. But because of that uh, Balkan connection, Vida was close to me. We can speak the same language. I like his sense of humor a lot. And I like him as a player because he was great, you know, yeah. coming after training session, tooth missing, oh, grass, <laughs> oh, bleeding. Vida, you have a bullet in your shot. <laughs> you know, and you, you appreciate what the defense is doing so you can shine after that with your own style. You wanted to win for Manchester United, but you wanted to win for Sir Alex, I'm sure, as well. What was it like playing for him? Have, have you now got to the... I think a lot of people probably don't appreciate that at the time when they're playing under him and then they leave and they think, wow, I played under Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah. Well, probably, yeah. You have that moment when you actually, you don't think too much. For, even if you play for Manchester United, you're in that moment and you play and you don't actually appreciate it as much when you, you're not there anymore. Yeah. And you're thinking, you're like, well, I was in Manchester, I was part of Manchester United. Hell, I play under the, one of the biggest managers in the world with best players. And for me, as I said before, I always try to observe uh, how he was treating the players, you know, coming sometimes in the training, um, in the training sessions uh, and speaking with one player or two or three players. But that's it. But then he go. Then the next day he speak with another three or four or five. You know, just make them feel part of the team. And sometimes I get angry when I'm not playing, but he explained it to me in a way that it, I understand and I say, okay, but still f***ing angry. And but he said, I need you in six weeks for that game. And you yeah. think I'm so important. <laughs> yeah, and you think you're important. <laughs> but, but then you're like, oh, I'm not playing for yeah, six weeks. <laughs> and, and this manipulation is how you're a good coach because you need that with the players. Yeah. Yeah. You need that with football players. You need to know how to manipulate them uh, in that way that everybody feel important, even if he doesn't play. To feel part of the team when you go into the pitch, he kills for you. you know? And of course, I've been there only four years, more times. You have players who've been there more than me. They know better than me. You know? uh, but from what I understand, I have, I have also my journal. I put in my training sessions and just things that I, I saw. Uh, you, you, you can learn a lot. I don't know if these kind of things are now working these days. Because football is constantly changing from yeah. yesterday to now. Yeah. But still, sometimes uh, old school ways, if you know how to put it in a new way, can help you in, in I don't know, some, sometimes. Okay. I hate to say this, but we're starting to run out of time. So I want to ask before anything else, because we should talk about it. How did your exit from Manchester United come about and how did you feel about it at the time? That I go? Yeah. Well, I feel of course. I didn't feel good. And when you think about it after a while, I had the option to stay for mm. another year. And was it the right decision to stay? Because you stay, you're in Manchester United, biggest club in the world. But w was I going to play? Probably not as much as I wanted to because I spoke with the gaffer. Robbie Van Persie was coming. Chicharito was there. Rooney. So where was I fitting in? I'll get a game, so two or maybe that, but am I going to feel happy? I'll sit there collect my fee and everything, but I wasn't going to be happy. So I chose to go and play where I can still love the game and play and show where I can I stu still can play football. I'm 31, but still can play football. And that's why I chose to move. And probably I'm going to do the same if it's a need to repeat because the love for the game for me is always there. I need it. If I play, I feel alive. That's how it is. And it was back then. Was it emotional when you left? Of course, because 
in my time there, I felt that I go, I train, everything is taken care of. You just think about football. You play with the best players, against the best players in the Champions League. You win medals, titles. What, what else do you want? Mm-hmm. Everything was great. But I, I assume that in every player's life, there comes a point when you need to go and stop and change clubs. And that was a, my, my moment. I didn't want to, but I wanted to play. So everybody goes through that. Yeah. When you look back at it now and you assess what you've done, what are the things that mean the most to you? Because obviously you are your nation's record goal scorer. You won medals with Manchester United. You played all across Europe and you've become like a cult hero at Manchester United. And I think at Tottenham as well, where people who maybe wouldn't have seen you play still love you and adore you and talk about you with such reverence as a player. There are constant um, like clips on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and stuff just with your name and it just comes of just your touch and things and they still yeah. go around every single day. Yeah. You know what they ask me all the time? Which team I love most? Tottenham or Manchester? <laughs> what the... And, I, and I'm like, I try to be clever and say, well... It depends I, who's asking you though. No, no, I have two kids, for example. <laughs> I have two kids. Which one do I love most? Who have he, two kids here? Yeah. 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 Can you love one no. kid more no. than... Of no. course not. No, no, no I bet you do. I've got no... I bet you do. No, no, no. You <laughs> Everyone's got a favourite, haven't they? No, just no. me. You don't. Uh, so that's Some why, days. <laughs> so that's, I, I, that's why I am. I, I, I appreciate and love all the clubs I've been in. And because people appreciate, uh, associate me more with Spurs and Manchester United, all the time asking me that question, I say, guys, I support both teams. Spurs gave me the chance to show what I can do in England. Manchester United, because of that, bought me. I won a lot with Manchester United. I, most probably people recognize me and connect me with Manchester United. And I love the club, but I appreciate all the club I've been in. And to look back and to won my fair share of trophies, I am completely happy with that. The only thing I didn't win, Champions League. Champions League. That was the one so it's Manchester won. United then? Yeah. Sounds like it's Manchester United. Sounds, sounds like Manchester United. <laughs> Absolutely. It's you didn't have a chance to I win it with Spurs, did you? Just because you're in London, you don't have to. <laughs> no, guys, trust me. I, I support no, and no. I love every every club. And, uh, of course, I have my, uh, like, like uh, really connect with Manchester United over the years. And I was there because, as you said, it feels strange to me when I watch my clips or people texted me, write me, Babs, look at that, how you do stuff like this. I still feel strange because we just play football. You know, it's your job. Yeah, I play football. <laughs> I go to football. I'm really bad and suck in a lot of other things. You know, it doesn't make me better than you. I just play football. What's next for you? Because you said when you play football, that's your passion, that's your life. And obviously yeah. that chapter has closed. Close, yeah. So what comes next? What's going to keep you going? What's your passions? Well, you trying to translate this book. Yeah, I tried to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried See to what gets out of the book first. Try to translate that book. And uh, at the same time, I was preparing for my time after football. I have my foundation for 11 years that we support talented kids back yeah, home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, as every human being, I have my interest in business and trying to work around that and educate myself to see how it is. But mainly football, because I'm doing my coaching badges at the moment. I have my degree in sports management as well. Uh, so when I finish my coaching badges and I'm ready, really ready uh, to accept that new challenge, well, who knows? Maybe we speak, me as Manchester United manager yeah, one day. That would, be great. <laughs> would you like that? Why not? Why not? I have my ambitions and it would be great for, again, small country, East European, to go and coach in England, one team, because this is where most of my career is gone. So it's going to be great. And I'm working towards that long way, of course. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I will try. 
If I can just ask you before you go as well, if you could go back and relive one match or one moment of your career, it doesn't have to be Manchester United, don't worry. We would like it to be, but <laughs> what do you think that you would choose? Oh, probably it's going to be Manchester United. Come on. I mean, and it just threw up more on the und. It's going to be, you know, Liverpool that game for sure. Yeah. That was great game. There was something special. Even for that game, for example, I don't, I, I, I'm a modest guy, but I'm, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone now and say that even players or people who didn't appreciate what I've done before that, they were thinking, well, there must be something here, you know, because yeah. of the goals and, and, and the result and against Liverpool. And I felt good after that. And it was Liverpool. We beat them 3-2. Yeah. And, and that... And that season, we overcome the record of uh, league titles. Yeah. Yeah. Like 19. Yeah. 19 18, Purely yeah. because of that, we are f***ing immortal. Yeah. <laughs> Knock them off their perch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think I've learned anything this afternoon is that the expression, don't meet your heroes, is nonsense. Dimitar Berbatov, this has been an unbelievable pleasure. Okay. Thank you. Yes, thank you so thank much. Thank you, guys. Same. Pleasure. <sighs> Do you know what? I forgot how good that was. It was mint, wasn't it? Yeah, so good. So good. He's so cool. He is. Everything about him. Just... Literally everything about him. Just a really cool guy. Yeah. Also, do you still think quite underrated? Well, maybe other people think he might have been underrated, but when he played at United, he always had that sort of lazy style of playing. But when you've seen little clippets, even with the, I don't know whether I can say this, even with the Gary Neville thing on Sky with Berber, they're talking about playing, I think it was against Blackburn, and Nev saying, why don't you sprint? Why don't you sprint? Yeah. And that just epitomizing says, why do I have to sprint? I just take your time and the ball will come to me. <laughs> He's so cool. He's, he, he is. And he was a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Yeah. So good. You need like a level of ability to be able to have the attitude, the ball will come to me, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you, I've, I've seen you play, Sam, and uh, you don't quite have that. That quality, yeah. can come to me as attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. Just... I extracted a lot of information about your playing style with that five-minute kick-around we did at the top of hotel football. Yeah, but I think it's pretty bang on, to be honest. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, great podcast. Also, I spoke about his book, and it was being translated at the time into English, and as far as I know, that book is now out, unless he has the world's slowest translator. Yeah, that'd be a good read. I, th- I, th- I also think, Sam, as well, when you do, well, like, I've never done a book, but I presume when you when one of the foreign lads does a book, some of the language will get changed. Yeah. And it's very difficult to keep that sense of humor in a book when you're changing the language. But you can see from 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 the podcast with him how funny he is. Yeah. And if, if it comes across in the book that way, it'll be an absolute fantastic book, it will. Oh, there you go. Dimmy, we did you a favor. We just tried to sell your book. Uh, right, should we do some emails? Why not? I'll do one, then you do one. How about that? Um, well, I can't because I've not got them on my phone. Oh, I'll do two then. Right, Thanks. Helen Naidu says, Hey, Simon, Helen, amazing. Dylan here from South Africa. Huge fan and a great ambassador for your show as well. I love flexing on my fellow United fans with unique stories that the players share. Stories that we would never know if it wasn't for this show. I love how personal this pod gets and how openly emotional you guys are. I just completed the Igalo pod and almost cried listening to his story of getting that late night call from his agent before deadline day to join us. And when told about the pay cut, the response was, I don't care. Players like that is who we want at our club. You can't teach that kind of passion. Well, that's a good line, isn't it? 
very good. You can't teach passion. Um, there are way too many episodes that I love to pick a favourite. I always listen while at work with my earphones in and literally burst out laughing when you guys allowed Skulls to tell us that brilliant story of Rude checking to see if Omri had scored after the game, only to realise that he couldn't pick Rude on his team. Also, I had no idea how funny Skulls was. Favourite player and definitely one of my favourite episodes. The best thing about this show is how educational it is. I was only eight when we won the treble, so I knew very little about the teams before and thoroughly enjoyed listening to the likes of Pally, Brian and even Albert, who I found hilarious. Albert was amazing, wasn't he? We all loved uh, Albert's his class. Yeah. I pray over everyone's health and safety and cannot wait for this pandemic to come to an end so I can fulfil my dream of visiting Old Trafford one day, walking through the halls of the greatest, standing in the crowds, joining in on the chant. I literally tear up just thinking about it and, of course, celebrating a 90th minute winner. Thank you so much for the great show and awesome work done by the entire team. My only wish is that you release more episodes a week. Helen, please get us Roy Keane. She's not here, but we will keep badgering Helen, even if it means going on multiple walks during the day. But until then, Steve Bruce would be really entertaining. I can only imagine the banter between Maisie and Bruce would be like. I think that episode would need to be done at a pub. Take care. Stay healthy. Um, Dylan, thank you so much. That's a really lovely email. Uh, Maisie, you and Steve Bruce, how did you get on? Going well, Bruce. Bruce was class. He was like, um, you talk about father figures. When I came to the club, he was, he took me under his wing. He was brilliant. He really was. Great lad. And his, his son, Alex, is a, who we all know as well as a great lad. So, yeah, that'd be really good. I suppose he'd have to finish at Newcastle first, would he? Um, probably yeah. there might be stories that he wouldn't want to share while still a Premier League manager, I suppose. No, probably not. I'll make no. it harder to discipline yeah. some of his players. Um, and now Sid from Mid, who I assume is from Middleton, says, good day. Okay. What do you mean? I presume. Of course he is. Sid is a ex-fireman. Lovely fella. Oh. Played golf with him. Great lad. Well, he sent us a lovely little email. I'm going to read it to you. Good day to the team. Sam, Helen and Maisie. What a team. I've listened to all the podcasts and and, and am completely hooked. Such fantastic stories told with honesty, but mostly with passion and humour. I didn't expect the lockdown ones would be as entertaining as the normal ones, but what a great surprise. Being of a certain vintage, I remember watching the likes of Charlton, Best and Law. Lawman would make a decent pod, he says. And many, many other great players. You know, I've had some amazing players over the years and I've marvelled at a lot of them while stood in the then United Road paddock with my son. Favourite podcast so far is difficult and constantly changing, but Robbo Part 1 and 2 and Big Peter take some beating for stories and humour. Lou Macari, what a bloke. Um, he gave a great insight to his now different world. Albert gave some fantastic stories and he's waiting with bated breath for an Albert episode Part 2. Maisie tells it as only he can. Mickey Thomas, what a fantastic and exciting player to watch. I was already aware of his most hectic life having read his biography a couple of times he is such a funny guy and big ron was spot on about his humor future podcasts i'd like to hear apart from the obvious sir alex and roy Keane, maybe martin bucken keep up the great work looking forward to the next edition stay safe and cheers sid from mid sid thank you very much amazing says you're great that's good enough for me um martin bucken guys yes absolutely absolutely game on when i speak to um a lot of the ex-reds they all say about the podcast how good they are but they would be he oh, sorry, he would be one of the one of the main lads to get on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Put him on the list. Um that's it. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh Maisie, you want to do this again next week and we we'll go over another old one? Uh yeah, why not? Good lad. Right. Uh, remember the best place to listen to our podcast is over on the official Manchester United app where you if you register your email, you can watch all of our back catalogue in full for free. You don't just have to listen. Plus, there's your usual listening options too, if that's what you want. Remember, you can write to us, unitedpodcast at manunited.co.uk. That address is in the episode notes, as always. Have a great week, everyone. Good luck, guys. Hold up. 